0: and good morning good morning praise God from whom all blessings flow we thank God for another day we thank God for another hour thank God for another moment in time we thank God for his manifold blessings that he has bestowed on our lives this is truly the day that the Lord has made and we should ought to rejoice and be glad in it it's the fourth day of January 2020 we're four days in and the Lord keeps on blessing he keeps on doing great things and so that should be our energy that should be our inspiration to give God praise, it is what it is, and I praise God for it. I praise God for everything that He is doing in my life. I thank God even for the corrections. And sometimes we get upset when God corrects us, but it's necessary because God is keeping us out of trouble when He corrects us. In fact, the tech the Bible says He keeps us from reproach. And I praise God for that, even though it doesn't feel good, it is good for us. And so this morning on this Saturday morning, this Sabbath day. We thank God for another opportunity just to be able to gather ourselves on the call this morning, and to just be able to share it. Saturday, we try to just give God praise, and we try to just thank Him. We try to reflect on what God has done. It is a, what we call a holly high hallelujah time, uh, just because it's filled. Our conversation is just filled with praise, and so the the very uh, combination of Psalms in Psalms one fifty, uh, the first verse simply says, "Let everything that have breath." praise the Lord. And I praise God for that, that Psalm because it it basically summarizes everything that David and all of the psalmists have written, uh, their songs of praise, their hymns of praise, their poets, their poetry, uh, everything that they've documented and chronologized in the Psalms, Psalms 150 sums it all up because that is really the ultimate responsibility that we have. And I use the word responsibility because that's what it is. We are responsible for responding to God for giving God praise for who He is and what He has done for us, and I love the way they are are they put together the hundred and fifty number of psalms because it gives us a wide array of ways to praise the Lord because there are so many ways to praise the Lord. I know most of the times in our, our ecumenical services or our liturgical services, we program in praise, we put it at the beginning. Uh, as if you know it is supposed to be in order, but praise mm-hmm. is not something that you can actually schedule. It's something that should be a direct result of when you get a chance to think about what God has done. Uh, it causes you to respond. But no matter what you, no matter what happens in your life, and I want to make sure I'm clear: no matter what happens in your life, praising God is an expectation of His creation. And so we got to get it right that we don't have to be prompted to praise God. We shouldn't have to be prompted to praise God. We shouldn't even have to be encouraged to praise God. Even if things are the worst in our lives, we are still expected to praise God. Hence is why the psalmist opens up with, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. The second verse simply says, praise ye the Lord, then praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. I mean, there are... Uh, the, The creative way that the psalmist structures it is so important because it deals with every part of creation. Then it deals with every part of the musical presentation when he begins to talk about the instruments. And so that's where David specializes because David is the one that was instrumental in bringing instruments into the worship experience. And so a lot of the things that we do now go all the way back to biblical times. And isn't it amazing that we adopt certain things in our worship and other things we kind of just kind of uh, uh, hope they happen as they may. But we have to be intentional about praising God. We have to be deliberate about praising God. And those are the words that we have to use because it, it requires so much of us. It requires us it requires our energy, it requires our attention, it requires our focus, it requires us our humility in our hearts, our minds, it requires us to use our bodies. Hence is why he talks about the hand and he talks about the feet. He talks about this this just being able to lift our hands. So the different forms of praise is halal praise, the tehillah praise. There's so many different ways to praise God. So there's no excuse why people can't praise the Lord. And so I thank God this morning that we use this opportunity to give God thanks and to praise him for who he is. It gives us a chance to to recognize our own uh, 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 celebratory uh, ways uh, ways to celebrate God. Uh, We don't ask that you do uh, a whole lot on the line, but we do ask that we speak the words of praise. Uh, And because we speak the words of praise... Uh, We are putting uh, praise in perspective as it relates to who God is and what he's worth to us in our lives. And so I hope you get a chance to read Psalms 150 this morning. I really hope you get a chance to understand so that when you come into the worship experience, when you hear the keyboard, when you hear the drums, when you see the dancers, all of that is a part of the majesty of praising God. And so if we don't celebrate that, if we don't get into that, if we just sit and we will look at people as they praise God, it just gives the idea that we're not connected in any way. That's why we don't push it as hard as we should because it's expected of us. And so if I gotta, uh, remember we read the hundred number of Psalms and we enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. What the, what the Psalmist there is describing is the uh, the temple and how it's constructed because everybody wasn't allowed in the temple. Only the priests were allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And so the majority of their worship and their celebration took place outside of the temple in the court. And they came through the gates with thanksgiving. That's how they entered into the temple court through the gates with, with already prepared to give God praise. So we entered into his gates with thanksgiving. So that's how we wake up in the morning. We give God our thanks. We, thanks. we have thanksgiving in our hearts. Thank you, Lord, for this. And thank you, Lord, for that. And thank you, Lord, for my family. And thank you, Lord, for waking me up. And thank you, Lord, for the activity of my limbs. That's entering into his gates with thanksgiving. And so when I get to the next level, which the way the temple was designed were levels. It was court after court after court. So I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I enter the courts. That means I'm getting closer to the temple. I'm getting closer to the place where the presence of the Lord is. I come As I come closer, I begin to praise him for who he is. And so when Jesus dies and the veil of the temple is ripped and we no longer need anybody to go in on our behalf, then that means that we've drawn so close to God that we worship him because the priests were able to go in and sacrifice. Uh, that's what That was a form of worship. Now we're able to come close to God and we worship him for who he is. We acknowledge him and his worth in our lives. So every Saturday morning, we want to give God praise. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, reducing the amount of time in the day that you worship and celebrate God. I'm just saying on this day, we write, we really try to break down why it's important for us to praise the Lord. And so today is one of those days. This is the fourth day. It's Saturday. We, some consider it the Sabbath day. Some just consider it a day of rest. Whatever you decide the day is, it is a day that is worthy of God's praise and his worship. And so this is the sixth day, which means that on the sixth day, God rested and God said it is good. And so we reflect on our week on Saturday and all that God has done for us from Sunday till now. And if God has been good to you, then your are immediate your immediate response should be praise. If God has done anything for you, your immediate response should be praise. If God has helped your family, if God has helped your friends, if God has kept you alive, if God is keeping you and providing for you, an immediate response ought to be that of praise because of who he is. And so I celebrate this morning the blessings of God. I celebrate the divine provision and protection of God. I celebrate the idea that God has been good to me and my family and my friends and all of you. So as my people grew up saying, we got a reason to praise the Lord. I got a praise on the inside and I just can't keep it to myself. And I thank God for that, developing that relationship with him. And I praise God for being able to develop uh, that mindset that praise is essential to the believer. Praise and worship are essential to the believer. And we are are required. I use the word required and responsible to praise God and to respond to his goodness. And so with that being said, I want to breathe the word of prayer and then I want to open up the prayer line for anybody who wants to share a praise report or share a prayer request or put a petition on the altar. So God, we thank you this morning for the blessing of life. We thank you this morning for helping us to see the light of day. We thank you now, God, for the paths that have been set before us. We thank God to thank you, God, now for the time that you've given us on this brand new day, a day that was never promised to any of us, a day that was never guaranteed, and a day that we've never seen before, and a day that we will never see again. And so we give you glory and honor for this day. Hence, your word is already declared. This is the day. We look at it as a daily opportunity to praise you. Give us this day. All of it is about being in the moment in that day. So you deserve our praise. You deserve our honor. You deserve our worship because of the today's activities. Even though the day is just beginning, we're in the six o'clock hour. It's time to pray. It's time to praise. It's time to go before you. And we thank you in advance for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. We thank you now, God, that you've given us this opportunity to just even consecrate ourselves and come before you. God, we know that our hearts need to be pure. We know that our spirits need to be renewed. We know that our minds need to be focused on you. And so we thank you for allowing us to gradually come uh, as as we attempt to do better, as we work hard at making some corrections in our lives. We thank you for honoring us this morning and allowing us to honor you. God, whatever you will on this day, God, we pray mightily for those that are sick. We offer a special prayer for Brother Frank Arrington. We offer a special prayer for our sick and our shut-in. We also offer a special prayer for those families who are dealing with grief and dealing with controversy and dealing with calamity. We offer a special prayer this morning for our community, Avondale. We offer a special prayer for our city, the city of Cincinnati. We also offer a special prayer for the nation, uh, the United States and the world. We pray for our world leaders. We pray for our national leaders. We pray for our state leaders. We pray for our city leaders and we pray for our church leaders, all of which, God, who have been given the task and the assignment to lead your people to operate and to function on your behalf in the earthly realm. And we honor you this morning, God, with understanding that this is not about us. This is about you. And we don't want your glory and we don't want to rob you of your glory. All the glory belongs to you. All the praise belongs to you. God, we know you to be a healer. We know you to be a deliverer. We know you to be a provider. We know you to be a protector. We know you to be the peace that surpasses all understanding. We know you to be the God of love. And so we honor you for all of those things, and that's just a small microcosm of the things that you are and who you are in our lives. And so as we move about this day, as we take this time now, God, to offer praise to you, hear our prayers, hear our prayers. The the word declares, that we would pray that you will incline your ear to hear our prayers and receive our praise this morning from our hearts to your ear. These things we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. So for those who... Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Praise Praise God, 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 from whom all blessings flow. Thank God for another day. Thank God for another hour. Thank God for another moment in time thank god for his manifold blessings according to the 150th number of songs we thank god for his mighty acts and for his excellent greatness we thank god this morning for the eighth day of january 2020 eight days in the lord is blessing us the lord is keeping us the lord is watching over us and we are blessed we're better than blessed praise the lord and so i'm grateful to god for another day I'm grateful to God for another hour, grateful to God for another opportunity in time. The Lord has blessed and planted our feet in this new day, and we ought to rejoice and be glad in it. What a privilege it is for us to be continuously in the land of the living. Uh, it is truly God's grace and mercy that has brought us to this point, and we ought to thank him for that. Thank God that he allowed us to assemble ourselves together and to pull our hearts and our minds and our spirits together for the purpose of receiving from god in this odd opportunity of meditation consecration we thank god for the release of the word we thank god for his 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 willingness to allow us into his presence so that we can share and that we can receive and that we can uh, begin to develop uh, strategies on how we're going to improve our lives and more importantly, how we're going to be allow God to use us as an example or just simply as a vessel to accomplish those things in the earthly realm that he's already ordained. And so with that, every Wednesday we gather, we try to uh, give you some nuggets regarding wisdom because wisdom is a very important tool in the toolbox of a believer. And we try to find ways to uh, read scripture or apply scripture so that you will know the depth of wisdom and that wisdom is spiritual. You have to know that wisdom is spiritual. I know for a fact that we, uh, many have concluded that wisdom is something that you can get on your own. And But the word of God teaches us that wisdom comes from God. And so it's through our relationship with him that we grow wiser. Granted, it'll be uh, important that if the older we get, the wiser we get. But we've learned even again that no matter how old you are, there are some people who are just not living and walking and using or applying wisdom to their lives based on the outcomes. And so our challenge is to make sure that from a spiritual perspective, that each of you know the importance of wisdom and the power of wisdom, because wisdom is uh, a part of the Holy Spirit's work, and it's a part of the the believer's uh, uh, path that you have to allow God to use you in order for the wisdom to come alive. And I I use the word use because we are his vessels and he works through us, he works in us, and he works for us, he works on our behalf. And so as people watch or as they listen, uh, they're able to hear and see what the spirit of the Lord looks like and what it sounds like uh, because we have made ourselves available to him. So I wanna draw your attention to the book of Joshua, the 24th chapter. It is truly one of my favorite passages of scripture just because uh, if I really want to understand uh, the uh, what wisdom is all about, Joshua 24 represents that. Uh, and by definition, wisdom is the uh, accumulation of information. Uh, wisdom is knowledge, experience, and understanding wrapped in one. And when you have wisdom, You have the knowledge to understand how important it is to realize and recognize what it is that God has done for you and take that information, apply it to your life, and then begin to live it out. And I thank God for that this morning because a lot of us are missing uh, something in our lives and it's simply because we have not followed James's recommendation or suggestion that if any man lack wisdom... Let him ask of God who will give to him freely. And so you you have an open door to live your life according to the things and the ways of God. You cannot do that without wisdom and you cannot get wisdom without God. And so what Joshua does is Joshua takes a moment in his final years and he begins to impart wisdom into the hearts and minds of the next generation. And I want to emphasize the next generation because uh, the foolishness that we're seeing in society today uh, amongst leaders and even amongst uh, uh, grassroots uh, community organizers and just people in general is because people lack wisdom. And part of the reason why they lack wisdom is because nobody gave them wisdom and nobody shared information with them that would lead them to even Uh, I know that they don't have the wisdom that they need to make better choices. But God gave us wisdom so that we can make better choices. And if people are not making good choices, it simply means that they're not walking or living in wisdom. And so what Joshua does, which is important to all of us, is that he knows that his years and his time is drawing close. And he takes a moment to confirm and reassure the people of God that they have to make better choices especially as it relates to worship. And so he breaks it down in a very uh, unique and a very uh, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, important uh, structure, the way he presents the Word, uh, and he brings them alongside, and he helps them to see the light as to what their lives have been like because wisdom is about knowledge, experience, and understanding. So he gives them each of those three he gives them the history of their lives, uh, from not even before Abraham to Torah, which was Abraham's father, and Nahor, which was Abraham's brother. How they chose to live outside of the will of God. God removed Abraham and brought him into into Canaan, and from there Joshua point, paints the picture of the history that God has brought the children of Israel from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob to Esau to Egypt, to the wilderness, to the promised land. He explains to this generation their history and how God used their lives to bring them to where they are. After explaining their history, then he gives them information and ex- about the experience that they have had, that they've carried the, 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 the bad and the good and the ugly with them But more importantly, they have continuously followed the bad practice of their fathers in worshiping other gods. And he explains to them the danger of worshiping other gods and how it does not line up with the will of God, nor does it line up with the plan of God for their lives. It does not fit in their future. And so he gives them an idea or he gives them suggestions. He makes it where they have to make a choice, but he gives them knowledge of what it means to serve the Lord. He wants them to understand what it means to serve the Lord. I want all of us to understand what it means to serve the Lord. I want want us to understand how important it is for us to look back over our lives and see how God has brought us, how he's kept us, how he's provided for us, how he's protected us, how he's shielded us. All of those are the things that Joshua provides for the children of Israel. And he explains to them that the benefits that they have, the blessings that they have, the land that they, that they live and possess now is all because of who God is and what God has done for them. So after knowing all of that, how can you even deny God the opportunity or to deny yourself the opportunity to be in relationship with God, knowing that your existence, your very existence is because of who God is in your life. And I appreciate Joshua for painting that picture. And he challenges them because he wants them to know that after all of that, after you have heard all of these things, now that you know this and now that you understand the journey that you've been on has been a a divine connection with God, now it's time for you to make a choice. It's time for you to make a good choice, the right choice. So he he, he poses that to them. He says, if God is the one that has been blessing you and you realize that, choose to serve God. If you think that these other gods have been the reason why you are where you are, then choose to serve them. But you have to make a choice. You cannot choose both because the God, the nature of the God that you serve is a jealous God. And he chooses not to share that spot with anybody. So he says to them again, you have to make a decision on which of the gods that you have been serving, you're going to serve. And he says to them, I I suggest that you choose the almighty God, but he also says, but for me in my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. And at that point, that's when I realized you can't follow the crowd, you gotta make a decision. You have to decide if nobody else is gonna do it, God has done enough for me, God has taught me enough that I choose to serve God, the Almighty God, the Everlasting Father. I choose to serve Yahweh Elohim. I choose to serve Jehovah Jireh. I have to make that choice. It can't be made for you because if people make it for you, then you are not obligated, but you are responsible for the choices that you make, especially as it relates to worshiping and serving God. But Joshua's decision is the application of wisdom, and we have to apply wisdom and it, 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 it's, it's through our decisions and our choices that wisdom either is exercised or wisdom is denied. And I pray today on this eighth day of January that you exercise wisdom. And don't forget it. Wisdom is made up of knowledge, experience, and understanding, all of which we can show in the word of God that they're significant in your lives. And so I pray this morning that every one of us take a moment to just go back and think about what God has done for us and how he's brought us and ask ourselves, is it worth, is it worth our time and the rest of our lives to choose to serve God with our whole heart and to appreciate him for all that he has done and what he's done for our families because Joshua goes all the way back to the beginning and he brings them forward that all that you have seen and done, all that you know about your family and your history, is because God wants you to understand what it is that you are a part of. And I praise God for that because you need to understand what you are a part of. You are a part of the body of Christ. You are a part of the church of Jesus Christ. You are a disciple, a believer, and you are a part of God's will. So it's a, for me, it's hands down. It's a no-brainer. If I have a choice today of who I'm going to serve, after now that I now that I know all of these things, now that I understand. Now that I realize how my life has been intricate or God has been intricate in my life, then I choose to serve God. So Joshua becomes my motivation that you and your family, you as a person, have to make a choice for you and your family. Whether or not your whole family agrees is not the problem or even the issue. Somebody has to decide. Somebody has to recognize how blessed we are. Somebody has to be the voice. And Joshua took the liberty of being the voice for his family. And because of that, and because of the choice that he made, God blessed him tremendously. But he put it back on the people, the individual tribes, the individual families, to choose to serve God. Now, we hear in the text in the 24th chapter that they chose to serve God. They chose to choose God, and Joshua challenged them. That if you're going to choose God, you cannot afford to vacillate back and forth. I need for you to understand, if you all are going to choose God today, you can't keep vacillating back and forth between the world and God. You can't have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. You cannot uh, be for God on Sunday and be for yourself and the world on Monday. You have to stay with the Lord. That's a part of your commitment. That's a part of understanding God's power and the power of wisdom to make the right choices. God gives you that wisdom to make the right choices. Then he gives you the words. He gives you the the principles of life to help you to make the right choices so that you can stay in his will, so that you can continue to receive his blessings. And so I don't know what else to say other than it's your choice now. It's your decision how you're going to live your life. And if you read Joshua, the 24th chapter, you will be able to connect the dots because it's very, very open, it's very apropos, it's very uh, uh, clear about the paths that we must choose. And after reading Joshua 24, you're gonna have to make a decision today, and you're gonna have to decide how you're gonna live the rest of your life. And I pray God's blessing upon you, and I pray that you receive this, and I pray that you make the right choice. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, we thank you now for this time and privilege and the blessing that you have bestowed on our lives. Thank you for opening up the door today for us to receive a, a, a glimpse of what it is that you expect of us. Not only do you provide for us every day and give us the wisdom and knowledge that we need to live a better life, but then you offer us options. You offer us the opportunity to make the choice. You, you serve it to us on a silver platter. How can we not choose you? After realizing that you have done everything for us, how can we not choose you? After we recognize the blessings that have been stored on our children, how can we not choose you? After we recognize the blessings that are bestowed on our grandchildren, how can we not choose you? How can we not walk in your way? How can we not represent you and the kingdom with the best of who we are? We thank you this morning. On this eighth day of January, God, you have truly given us a new day, a new opportunity, and a bright path and we want to follow that bright path and so we choose you today god we choose your way we choose your will we choose your word we choose your wisdom and we pray that each one of us that have that have have been privileged to hear this presentation this morning that we will truly consider consider everything so that when we make our choice when we make the decisions that we're going to make today they are because of who you are in our lives not because pastor tate said it not because we belong to New uh, Beginnings Church of the Living God, not because uh, who our grandmom and our grandfathers are, but because of who you are in our lives, not for any other person other than the fact that we believe that you have directly impacted our lives and we choose what you, we choose you as the head of our lives. And so we ask that you let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know you to be the healer. We know you to be the deliverer. We know you to be the divine King. And so with that, we choose this day and we pray your blessing upon these people in the matchless, marvelous, majestic name of Jesus. Amen. So God bless you. God keep us our prayer. Have a marvelous day, a great day in the Lord. Keep in mind that we're not going to have Bible.